If you ache for truth, goodness, and beauty, if you're hungry for a Christianity with substance and strength, if you long for a faith that's big and bold and biblical and all about Jesus Christ, if you're inspired by the idea of one church that has spanned 20 centuries, 24 time zones, and two hemispheres, enfolding every race, nation, and language, then you're considering Catholicism. Welcome to Considering Catholicism. I'm Greg Smith, your guide to the faith, life, and civilization that is historic Catholic Christianity. Now, as always, I'd love to hear from you. So email your questions and comments to greg at consideringcatholicism.com. And like and subscribe and review and share the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Now, the ministries that gave birth to this podcast, One Whirling Adventure and the Lakeshore Academy for the New Evangelization, are located on the beautiful shores of Lake Michigan on the western coast of the state of Michigan. And in November, Michigan voters are going to vote on a referendum to permanently amend the Michigan State Constitution and enshrine what could become the most extreme pro-abortion laws in the entire United States, possibly far more extreme than any European nation. Proposal 3, as it's called on the ballot, could allow abortion up to the moment of birth allow minors to pursue abortions and sterilization without any parental notification or consent, exempt abortion facilities from any safety standards, allow anyone to perform an abortion even if they don't have a medical license, and repeal or drastically alter dozens of state laws. Now, this episode is being released on September 15, 2022. On the Catholic calendar, that's the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows. It is also exactly 54 days before the election. And so, Bishop Earl Boyer of the Diocese of Lansing has launched an initiative across Michigan, and hopefully far beyond Michigan, to pray for the next 54 days. It's a kind of rarely used program of prayer that's called in the Catholic Church a 54-day novena. And this one has been christened the Fight Like Heaven 54-Day Rosary Novena. The vision for this came to a parish priest in Lansing, Father Gordon Regal, while he was praying in his rectory chapel. He took it to the bishop, and it's taken off from there. Yesterday, Father Gordon and I spoke on the phone about why it's so important for all of us to participate and how we can go about it. So, Father Gordon, welcome to Considering Catholicism. Thank you so very much for the invitation. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Could you uh, just introduce yourself to uh, our listeners a little bit? Oh, absolutely. Uh, when people ask, you know, where did you grow up? I say I'm pure Michigan. I, I was born in Detroit, grew up in Jackson. Uh, obviously, that's what put me into the Lansing Diocese back in the mid-70s. And uh, I've, I've been ordained here to serve the Lansing Diocese. So it's a, it's a privilege, to especially to be able to uh, speak with folks on the west side of the state and, and to ex 
expand that ministry a little bit. Uh, I'm, I've been a priest for just a little bit under 20 years. Uh, wow. I got ordained in 2005. I've been in Lansing a couple of times. First time I came in, I started uh, engineering, and I was working in the GM environment before really? I even went into uh, seminary in my late 20s. So I did a couple of years of uh, engineering IT stuff, and then... Um, came uh, into uh, the seminary system and got ordained in my early 30s. So uh, this is, I've been a, a couple of times in Lansing for various reasons, uh, work and other things. Now I'm, I'm pastor for the Catholics of East Lansing. So I've got a parish, I've got an elementary school, and a student center that serves uh, the Catholic community for Michigan State University. So it's a real privilege and uh, really feels like you know, we're, we're truly serving people all the way through you know, uh, from, you know, the beginning of life to the right. end, uh, and, and a whole lot of student ministry, That's uh, certainly wonderful. from having everything from preschool all the way through college. So uh, it is a real privilege. Well, you know, as someone who uh, came to the faith from a student ministry and worked in student ministry for about 10, 12 years, I'm just enthusiastic about that. And perhaps maybe we can have you on again in the future and we can talk a little bit about the challenges of ministering to uh, college and university students. Oh, but, I would be honored, and I can even drag some of the uh, campus ministers as well who are really the front line for it, so that would well, be let's do cool that. Our, let's do that. Let's have a future episode. Let's schedule that when we're done today. But let's talk about the occasion for today. Now, Father, a lot of people around the country know East Lansing is the home of the Michigan State Spartans, but oh, you're also just down the road from the Michigan State Capitol building. Oh, and, absolutely. Lansing's the capital. Right. So and Lansing all that flows right over. That's right. And Lansing is now really ground zero for probably what's going to be one of the most brutal fights over abortion rights in the nation after the Dobbs decision. Oh, so indeed. as the visionary behind this initiative, Fight Like Heaven, where did that name come from? Because there's a story behind it, right? Oh, no, absolutely. And that's a good point. So we have to go back uh, because long before the Supreme Court had its Dobbs decision this summer, of course, you remember that a draft was leaked, that uh, Roe versus Wade was likely to be overturned. So our governor, Governor Whitmer, uh, made a challenge to our existing 1931 state constitution, which bans abortion, right? It, it's, we have a pro-life constitution, which has stood for the better part of the last 90-some years. And uh, so she challenged that in the courts, going up to the Michigan State uh, Supreme Court. So that was challenged, and of course, our governor's statement was, I'm going to fight like hell mm. for every Michigander's right to make decisions about their own bodies. So that mm. was her saying. So that is the beginning of April. So within a week, Bishop Boyer, our Lansing bishop, responds just in time for Triduum with uh, <laughs> a slogan, you know, it's Holy Week. Let's fight like heaven. We're going to pray. We're going to fast. We're going to give alms. And, and his tagline is, abortion is never the answer. It is right. always a failure. There is a better way. I love that. Abortion is never the answer. It's always right. a failure. This always gets portrayed That's as health care of some sort. But, you know, when the mother gets wounded and the child gets killed, uh, let, let's, uh, let's not pretend. Well, there's uh, no, there's no winners. There's, there's no, no winners. winners. You know, I love that. It's, it's always a failure. There's, there's no winners uh, when, no win. when a child is aborted. Um, there's only degrees of losing, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's the way we're looking at it uh, in, in a very temporary solution. But uh, it's something that doesn't make us um, more rich spiritually, rich right. with life, rich with love, rich with faith. Uh, it, it is just a lose-lose. Good, correct. Uh, correct. So I love that. You know, uh, our governor, who 
you know, never, uh, never fails to have a gracious turn of phrase. It says, we're going to fight like hell. I love that uh, Bishop Boyer and yourself are saying that we're going to fight like heaven. But what does that mean? How exactly do we fight like heaven? And why is it so important that we fight like heaven? Oh, no, absolutely. I think that's important for our souls. Maybe we have to go back to St. Paul. So Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, Paul says, For our struggle is not with flesh and blood, but with the principalities, with the powers, with the world rulers of this present darkness, with the evil spirits in the heavens. We always have to remember it's a spiritual battle first, right? Mm-hmm. Satan is always tempting us, tempting us away from God, tempting us to play God play God over life. Yeah. So first and foremost, our battle is not against each other. It's not liberal versus conservative. Uh, this is not, we don't need to be a nation at civil war. Uh, our battle is not with one another. Uh, we are called to love one another. We're called to unity. But in essence, you know, even when we use that term that Satan is diabolical, right? Diabolical. The word in Greek, diabolane, means to scatter, to fissure, to fracture. Everything that God does is unitive. He makes covenants. He draws mm-hmm. us together as family. Unity and love even describes, you know, all of heaven as in, in marital terms. Heaven's a wedding feast. Jesus is the bridegroom. We are the bride. All of this is for unity and for love and for family and for life and for all of that. You know, unless you accept the, the kingdom as a child, you will not enter it. All of this is for life and unity and love. And the devil is throwing wrenches at it. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love that. It, it, you know, it reminds us of, you know, what Augustine and Aquinas and the Catholic tradition always said, that evil is a privation. It, it's a nothingness. Twisting of it. Right? Yeah, exactly. It, 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 it leads to nothing. It constructs nothing. It builds nothing. It, it's a nothingness. It's almost like Satan is like, a va- it's like vandalism. He just wants to mar and deface God's creation and build nothing Good in return. And and when you talk about, I love that, that what you said about abortion, there being no winners, always a failure. Isn't that always what Satan brings is just more failure and misery? And when you think about the attack in this age, I mean, we're always in the end times. So you, know, you can right. speak in apocalypse. <laughs> we're always in the end times, right? Until yeah. Jesus comes again, quote unquote, it's the end times. However, it doesn't mean it's all stopping tomorrow. But the attack right now is on marriage and family and innocence and life itself, or even our capacity, you know, for, for relationship and self-giving and love, love's being corrupted and twisted into lust and selfishness and perversion and all that. That's where the very attack is because Satan is trying to cut off the very transmission of life and with it faith. Right. And it's absolutely brilliant. I mean, he is going right at the roots of the tree of life. And so we have to respond to this. And it's not like we haven't seen this before. Uh, all the Americas, all those cute little ziggurats, you know, Incan, Aztec, Mayan, human sacrifice, you know, all throughout the Old Testament, it, it doesn't play large. But, you know, one of the greatest offenses that we see uh, as the shame of Israel in the Old Testament is when they fell into the pagan rituals of their neighbors, and especially the, the uh, service of, of the god Moloch or Milcom, where they, mm. they practice infant sacrifice. And to the shame, uh, you know, what isn't clearly defined, but if you read close enough to the Old Testament, that a shrine to uh, the god Moloch of infant sacrifice was built right south of the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, right under the nose of God, the burning sacrifices to uh, bloodthirsty demons, right under... And that valley, that valley of Hinnom, mm-hmm. or if we use the Gehenom, mm-hmm. Gehenna, 
That valley of everlasting shame is the very image that Jesus himself yeah. uses for everlasting loss. And, and for, I mean, the very yeah. image that Jesus oh, uses so for hell is the destruction of the most innocent life. And when family turns on its own, that is the very image of it. And so we always have to come back to this, this you're going to have to fight fire with fire in some sense that, you know, if, if the attack is on the family, we're going to have to have a devotion that is family-centric, that is life-centric, that is incarnational. Because again, we're created in the image and likeness of God. And what so rocks this world for the last 2,000 years is that God has entered into our humanity, walks our walk, talks our talk, lives our life, dies our death, has transformed and elevated the dignity and the sanctity of life, infused it with his own divine life and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so we have to come back to a spiritual solution that shows forth uh, what all creation yearns for, right? The revelation of the sons and the daughters of God. And so oh, yeah. spiritually, we have to come back to, uh, let, let's, um, let's, let's show forth who we really are and, uh, and, and surround that in, in prayer in a way that, that teaches the world their, who they are. You know, because we've lost sight of who we are, right? We're looking for our convenience, and we're, and we're scared, and we're lost, and we have a crisis on our hands, and we want to just get out of the crisis as soon our fight-or-flight instinct kicks in. We want expedient solutions, and, and, and we have to raise this whole conversation to a new level, a divine level, to say, you are the sons and daughters of God. You were created for this fight. You eat adversity for lunch. Oh, that's great. <laughs> you can do this. You that is this fantastic. By God's grace, nothing is impossible for God. So many great points you made there, Father. You know, one one of the things that popped in my mind when you were, were sharing that is that it feels like we're in a time when so many of these things are converging, whether it's abortion, yeah. the attack on marriage, the undermining of the family uh, in a lot of different ways, gender ideology. It's almost reminds one of Sister Lucia's letter in which she said that the Blessed Mother said perhaps the final fight was over marriage and the family. Absolutely. Spot on. Uh, so she was, she was uh, correct about that. It was one of her you know, letters from the 80s yeah. uh, that she was pointing to it. You know, and again, that's 40 years ago now, yeah. but uh, she was dead on. We, and, and again, now we're seeing all these fruits of Fatima. I mean, there's a reason yeah. we're, we're coming back to the Blessed Mother. She is the mother of Christ, the mother of Christians spiritually. Yeah. Uh, she is the patroness for life, you know, <laughs> the yeah. gospel of life. Uh, we, we definitely are going to need her assistance in this struggle uh, in particular. Well, yeah, we, we're not just fighting against something, we're fighting for something, right? We're fighting for the image of God as God created it in us, male and female, and the the gift of life through that, that comes through that, and the family as God's domestic church, right? As the basic unit of, of human life. So nothing is more vital. Yeah. But, but let me let me throw something back at you, Fathers, not to be the devil's advocate, uh, but uh, there's a lot of, I think, Christians, uh, a lot of passionate Christians, and some maybe cultural Christians, conservatives, who are so frustrated with feeling like they're under, in our culture uh, and politically, under constant attack. Uh, it feels like the barbarians are at the gates on all of these yeah. issues, and some of them you know, are ready to maybe fight like hell back or give them hell back. Uh, what would yeah. you say? And, and you know, and I, I understand their frustration because every day they, they look at the news or they see what's going on in the, the schools where they send their children. They see so many things in their world being undermined. 
What do you say to those who say, you know, when Governor Whitner says, I'm going to fight like hell, that are saying, and I know a lot of them are saying because they talk to me, well, let's give her hell back. How, how do you respond to those? Brilliant. That's a good point. And, and let's look at this in the big picture. Um, in a culture uh, which is highly materialistic, right, uh, where everything is disposable, right? Everything has a very short lifespan, and then we chuck it. Uh, everything, everything gets treated like a McDonald's wrapper. Mm-hmm. As the devaluation of human life is at stake, and our current mass shooting epidemic is evidence of that, right? We've stopped mm. treating life as sacred, and the solution isn't just gun control. Let's just say it's right. going to be a little bit bigger than that because if in our hearts we do not right. look for our to be a brother and sister's keeper, uh, I'm sorry, no amount of gun control is going to fix right. any of this. The devaluation of human life is at stake, so we must avoid that tit for tat. And again, so much of Jesus' own teaching, although. Meekness looks like weakness. Turn the other cheek. And, and people sometimes get really annoyed by that. But there's the spiritual battle in that. And, and again, Jesus elevates it. It's not about the offense. It's not about that. Um, don't lose your soul. Don't fall into anger. Don't fall into bitterness and hatred because you cannot accomplish anything good with hate. Anger spoils everything. If we can't do this in love, don't do it. And so we have to raise it to the spiritual ladder for our spiritual self-defense to avoid angerness and bitterness and hatred and resentment and to find, you know, a, a heart, uh, even for those who hate us, right? even those who might <laughs> right. align as love your enemies, pray for your persecutors. You have to wish their salvation. You have to see that. And again, it's not about each other. It's a spiritual battle. The devil's tempting us to be our worst selves, our most unlovable selves, but that's on him. That's not on us, right? So we have to have a heart for one another, like, as, as we often say as Catholics, right? right? Hate the sin, love the sinner, love the sinner, hate the sin. Uh, so most of all, if life is never disposable, we have to be very careful that we model respect, that we model, uh, and especially in a, in a culture where we've even lost the capacity for respectful dialogue. That's the thing we have to work hardest at. And let's face it, I mean, that, that is heroic. I mean, it is heroic to have... Uh, a loving conversation uh, when when sometimes, you know, people light into you, and especially with all of our social media where they can light into you and never have to look into your eyes. That's that's a particular tough thing. So if we can bring it back to -to -to eye-to-eye, face-to-face conversations, which tend to be a wee bit more polite, (laughs) let's let's do that. But if the devaluation of human life is at stake, we have to, quote-unquote, fight this in a way that raises the bar and shows the incredible gift, the miracle of life, the, uh, the, right. the gift of respect, and, and, and just model that in a way that wins people over. Because at the end of the day, we all want to be respected. You know, right. even when we're wrong, we want to be respected. Yeah. And, uh, and that's important. If we can give that, pe- give that to people, at least to respect their process of, of understanding and coming to uh, a new evaluation of this issue. You know, Father, it seems like almost every day I hear from people who say, when are our bishops going to stand up and do something? When are our bishops going to stand up and lead on these issues? And the re- you know, reason we're talking today is that at least one bishop, uh, the Bishop of Lansing, uh, <laughs> did step up and lead. So why don't you tell us how he is leading us and uh, maybe the story of how this vision came to you and between you and the bishop, uh, you guys have launched this practical way, very practical way, uh, that faithful believers can work together under this leadership to to fight like heaven. 
Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Thank you kindly. Uh, I think the beautiful thing is, of course, you know, the bishops lead, but it's always a joint effort, right? They, they can be the head, but as the body, uh, we do need to pray for our bishops. We do need to pray for our priests. We do need to support them. Um, showing up matters. So uh, in this case, particularly, you know, knowing that this reproductive freedom for all initiative was going to, I mean, it's just, it looks like it's openly written by the lobbyists. I mean, it is yeah. written in the most extreme, insane, like, who would give up parental rights? Why would we give rights to children? Why aren't we distinguishing adults from children in, in this legislation? Who wrote this thing? You, yeah. It was, um, it, even for those who might be pro-abortion, you know, in, in a limited sense, oh, for heaven's sakes, this is a free-for-all. Why would he do this? So this is well, it almost feels It almost feels like it's in our face. Absolutely. You know, and it almost feels recklessly defiant. Um, yeah. And in a sense, it feels like they're drawing a line in the sand, and it's a pretty extreme line. So this vision to fight like heaven through this novena came to you. Why don't you tell us about how it, that came to you? And well, So I was praying about it. You know, at, at, I tend to do my holy hours at night. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of get at the end of the day, and then let's sit in front of the blessed sacrament and pray. And so this was probably like late. July, as, as I realized that, okay, this ballot initiative has been submitted, it's got enough signatures, in all likelihood it's going to end up on the November ballot, and uh, this is just radical and destructive and in every way, shape, and form. And, and Michigan already, what do we abort, 30,000 children uh, induced abortion last year? I mean, but if you open those floodgates, now we're talking more, I mean, that's already, and it was just in perspective from last Sunday, right, we remembered 9-11. Okay, almost mm-hmm. 3,000 people. This is 10 times 9-11, right? Yeah. So all of this is weighing on my heart. And so I'm, I'm praying about it. And then, you know, I kind of go back to my room and get ready for bed. And as I'm getting ready for bed, 54-day rosary novena pops into my head. And, and I mean, to be honest, I know my devotions back and forth, but I have never prayed a 54-day rosary <laughs> novena. I've never done it. You know, oh, rosary consistently for 54. You know, a novena is to say a prayer for nine days in a row. So the 54-day novena is really just six rosary novenas. Pray the rosary nine days at a time, three novenas of petition, three novenas of thanksgiving, right? Thank God before even the solution comes out of it. But we just, in in trust, we thank God. So basically you're praying the rosary for 54 days. And uh, I know it's a powerful devotion. It has a a history back uh, into the 19th century. It's been around for 100 years. I've never done it before. And then I looked at the calendar and I counted back, so, okay, if this has to end the day before the election, where does it start? And it starts tomorrow, the mm. Memorial of Our Lady of Sorrows, which is so appropriate. Oh, my goodness, Our Lady, who's sorrowful and immaculate heart, just grieves over the, you know, the slaughter of the innocents, you right. know? And uh, so I just looked at this and said, oh, my goodness, this this lines up. And, and then, of course, then I went through channels and brought it up to the bishop and through the staff and and the diocese uh, and the bishop supported it and said, yes, because we do need, I mean, yes, we are going to have to let people know and we're going to have to have our temporal solutions to right. get the, you know, get the information out. This is a nonpartisan issue. This is a ballot issue. We're not picking a candidate. This is not a violation of separation of church and state. This is a, a one-off. It is, it is a proposal and we all have uh, a fight in this. And it's not even like we're imposing a church dogma. No, this is, we right, all can right. see a value in human life. This is the most essential of all rights. If you don't have a right for life, you have no right. So uh, again, this is going to be a coalition which goes beyond 
Catholic and Christian, and and uh, anybody can have uh, a say in this matter uh, if you value your own life and the lives of those around us. So, but we're just trying to lead the charge uh, with a prayer campaign, uh, and of course, we're using the rosary. Right. Because it is a very family devotion. Uh, it honors the incarnation of Christ uh, coming into the human family, raised by Mary and Joseph. Right. It's a very, it's, again, it's a family uh, unity devotion, which opposes the disunity and the destruction of the family. And, of course, I recognize that, I mean, as as some of our listeners and, and some of those people throughout our diocese uh, that might not be familiar or comfortable with the rosary, that might not be their thing, uh, Christian or otherwise, uh, but the great encouragement is, uh, even if you're not comfortable with the rosary, pray. Pray for yeah. life. In whatever Absolutely. way you are comfortable, for the next 54 days, this has to be what we fast, what we pray for, what we talk about at the dinner table, what we talk about with the neighbors, what we promote on our own social media, because we've got to win hearts and we've got to win minds. Um, this is going to be a tough slog. 51% yeah. of the vote. And this will alter our state constitution. And it's not like a millage. You know, we, right. when we put something on that, they, okay, well, guys, here's the cost. This is going to raise your property. This doesn't have a millage attached. So this is, just looks like, you know, hey, who doesn't want more freedom? So we really have to teach, you know, what's the cost of this, you know, initiative? What, what, what does this really do? do? Does this steal yeah. your rental rights over your children to know what they're up to and, and to guide their decision-making. Right. Uh, are you for that? Okay, well, then then vote no on Prop 3. So however we pray for the next 54 days. And yeah. beautiful, uh, you know, in our Catholic calendar, we celebrate today as the Feast of the Exaltation of the Holy Cross. Mm. So uh, this is a beautiful vigil, right? Yeah, what a wonderful By day the cross. Preach so, Christ and Christ crucified. So, Father, we have we have listeners who are faithful, cradle Catholics, very devout. We have listeners who are just uh, secular people or Protestants investigating Catholicism. Get a little bit granular here. How can our listeners engage and join in this fight, and what should they do? Absolutely. Uh, sometimes 54-day rosaries can be very specific as far as, you know, on this day we pray this set of mysteries of the rosary. Right. And, you know, and we can get, for this sake, uh, and to be as inclusive of everybody as possible, the goal is to pray the rosary as best you can, Whichever mysteries, even if yeah. you can do a part of the rosary, that's yeah. great. You know, even if every, you can do a decade, just one a decade, decade, something, anything. Yeah. And again, uh, for those who don't know, a decade is one Our Father, ten Hail Marys, and a Glory Be. But if all that is new, and again, the internet has all sorts of sites right. that will teach you the rosary. Go to YouTube. There are all sorts of rosaries that will be led. I like the the Bishop Barron rosaries on mm -hmm. Word on Fire because yeah, he uses great. his great intellect and he explains the mysteries. Yeah, uh, Word really on Fire, oh my goodness, those, and they've got them for all the different sets of yeah, mysteries. Beautiful, beautiful uh, leading of the rosary so that you can just listen and let it wash over you. And if you're not a, if you're not sold on it yet, hear it out. There's a beautiful prayer. It's all scriptural, right? You know, right. what the angel Gabriel says to Mary, what Elizabeth says to Mary, and then just an invocation, hey, mom, you know. Right, exactly. <laughs> Blessed Mother, you are so close to Jesus. Pray for us. Pray for life. Pray for this. Pray for the good of the human family mm -hmm. here. Uh, it's a beautiful prayer. Uh, it's a beautiful devotion. But again, for those who, for whatever reason, th that's a bridge too far, um, there's so many wonderful devotions, especially as we're we're kicking off the exaltation of the cross and tomorrow's the sorrows of the Blessed Mother. Those are there's beautiful devotions that go with yeah. the cross. Whether we're meditating on on the crucifix and the wounds of Christ, uh, 
Seven Sorrows of Mary, that's a very Franciscan devotion uh, of all the things that break the Blessed Mother's heart. There's, I always say partial credit. Right. <laughs> well, the important, thing, all, the important thing is to pray something. as best we can. Now, I know that what happens when people start something like this, whether it is starting a new diet or an exercise regime oh, or or starting a novena is yep. they have great intentions and then yep. life intervenes and the you know the totally. spirit is willing the flesh is weak you have some resources that can help uh, give people little tickler reminders and all that oh you know it uh, the nice thing about our diocese is they were kind enough to set up uh, a, a way that if you text and again the, the text is fight like heaven all one word so Fight like heaven, all one word, and text that to eight four five seven six eight four five seven six. We'll send you a daily reminder uh, through your phone, and that's just a, sometimes that's all you need. And yeah. and yes, we will all miss a day or two. Absolutely, but, that's yeah. that's why we're doing this in union, and we want to get the whole state yeah. praying, fasting, doing whatever they can, offering whatever little daily sacrifices they can, and just and um, just right, and just because you miss a day, don't. Don't quit. Don't just get back. It. And because, as you, I, I like your point. We're all doing this together. So sometimes one Being person on is going to have a bad day, but everybody's standing in the gap for them, right? And there's somebody who's praying twice. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, exactly. It, it works out. It works right. out. Really do. Do the best you can. If you get distracted, pick it up where you, you can leave it off. Uh, the beauty of the 54 day uh, novena is that it allows us to keep our focus in prayer and in action on this. Right up until uh, this can't just be one sermon, uh, one one homily at mass, uh, one day uh, in the weekend bulletin of the, the pastor's article. Uh, if we don't give this, con- the media is going to give this constant attention right. right up until the election, and with lots of misinformation and half truths, uh, just giving it the most cursory glance uh, as to what this really entails. Uh, if we don't keep this as the daily discussion and our daily prayers. We're going to lose on this, and and oh my goodness, this yeah. is going to hurt. Well, Father, I'd like to have you back on to talk about student ministry, but it just occurred to me that I want you to come back on in 55 days so we can oh. um, sort of you know recap and see what God yeah. did and, and reflect on what God did, what we learned through it, how the Spirit moved through this whole process, and, and reflect back a little bit. Um, Please reach out. That would be a delight. We'll, yeah, let's plan uh, we'll, that. We'll make that happen. And then before you go, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners, many of like whom I have said are not Catholics, but they're investigating, they're considering Catholicism? Do you have a word for them to close? Amen. Amen. I think this is a beautiful opportunity. I mean, oftentimes the media portrays this as, as you know, this is uh, Christianity trying to impose itself and somehow undoing the Establishment Clause. This is not the establishment of religion. This is not, uh, we're not establishing that everybody has to believe that life is sacred or that everybody has to believe some divinely revealed truth. Uh, This is something that can bring us all together. We all have a stake in life. If you value your own life, if you value the lives of those around you, you have a stake. This is the most fundamental right. This is more important a fight than was the fight for slavery. Slavery encapsulated your life. It controlled your life, but it didn't necessarily take it away from you uh, when it was unseen, unheard, and unspoken for. Uh, This is a bigger fight on our hands. And numerically, numerically, I mean, yes, maybe in in Michigan, it's it's 30,000 lives a year. Nationally, oh my goodness, since 
you know, Roe versus Wade, we're talking yeah. 60 million or more. Uh, worldwide, the last stat I saw was from maybe 2020, 2021, uh, estimating 73 million lives a year. That's mm. bigger than the, the death toll of World War II. I mean, yeah. just this, if we don't come together, Christian, not Christian, agnostic, atheist, something to come together, if we don't fight this fight, to respect the dignity of life, we will never overcome hatreds. We will never overcome divisions. We will never overcome racism. We will never overcome sexism. We will never overcome any of these struggles uh, to see one another as equals if we can't respect you know, from womb to tomb, if yeah. we can't respect the very gift of life. So I see this as a, a coming together moment uh, to forge a new unity, a new understanding, a new respect uh, that will overcome uh, so many injustices in our world, but if it if it doesn't start here, it's not going to happen. You can't legislate this. It really has to come from the heart. Amen. Well, Father, thank you for your vision and your passion and your leadership on this. Um, thank you to Bishop Boye for his vision and leadership on this. Thank you for all that you guys are doing. And I encourage all of our listeners to pray, as Father said, as best you can. Let's all stand together in the gap on this. And Father, I look forward in uh, 55 days for us to talk again and look back and see what God did through this amazing Fight Like Heaven campaign. Amen. Thank you, Greg. Thank you for your time. Thank you to your listeners. Prayers for you all. And yes, let's, uh, let's talk again. Yeah. Amen. So if you'd like to participate, text fight like heaven, all one word, no spaces to 84576. That's Fight Like Heaven to 84576. Or go to the Diocese of Lansing's website, www.dioceseoflansing.org, to learn more. And as always, please subscribe, like, and share this podcast. And I would love to hear from you. So email your questions or comments to greg at consideringcatholicism.com. That's greg at consideringcatholicism.com. Thank you for listening. My name is Greg Smith. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, would you please hit the like and subscribe buttons wherever you get your podcasts? And please share it with others. And if you're curious about the Catholic worldview and faith, the Church and its saints, or Catholic history, culture, and art, then visit consideringcatholicism.com. Dot com. And email me to let me know what you think. Greg at consideringcatholicism.com.